Our scripture reading this morning is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 15. It's a short one. Matthew 16, verse 15. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Our speaker this morning is Dan Batchelder. Welcome. And this is the first time I think that I will have ha heard him. So I'm looking forward to that. And, and he's really got my attention because, see, when I was a little girl, we had sheep. And I understand about sheep. <laughs> so he's got my attention. May the Lord add his blessing to his word and also to this sermon. Amen. <laughs> Good morning. Happy Sabbath. What a gorgeous day we have today. You know, the scripture reading that was just read, Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? You know, we just came through Christmas, the Christmas season, and you know, we think of Jesus as a baby. You know, a couple months we're going to be going through Easter. We're going to think of him as crucified Savior, risen. You know, and for a lot of people, that's about the only time that they think of who Jesus is. You know, so who is this Jesus that we're talking about? You know, if he was just the baby, we'd be missing a lot. And if he was just hanging on a cross... Again, we would be missing a lot. I think we ought to take a little tour today through Scripture. And let's look who this Jesus is. And we're going to go from Genesis to Revelation. It's going to be a fairly quick tour. But I think we can glean quite a bit. So let's start right with Genesis chapter 1. And we're going, to, we're going to go through Genesis 1, and we're going to go through a number of verses there. 1 through 3 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. In verse 6 it says, God said, let there be firmament in the midst of waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. In verse 9 it says, God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let dry land appear, and it was so. Verse 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb that yields seed and fruit and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. Verse 14 says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be a sign and signs and season and for days and years. Verse 20 says, God said, Let the 
God said, let the waters abound with the abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of heavens. Verse 24 says, God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. Verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Continuing with 27 and 28, it says, And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Verse 29 says, And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. And then in chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had done. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. You know, when we look at this, we see Jesus as a creator God. And not only a creator, but one who blesses too. And those blessings, when he blesses, it's not a passive blessing. It's an active blessing. He gives what, need, what needs to be given to perform the blessing. He gave all of the food. He provided everything necessary. And including the Sabbath, he gave that because that's a necessity for us. You know, I, I read a thing a few years back that, that there was a study in France that was given, and it said that if people took one day a week and just rested on that day, that their health improved, they had longer lives, Mentally, they were more sound. It just, everything just by resting that one day, it gave a blessing to those that did it. So this Jesus that we're, that we're looking at today, that he is the creator and the blesser. Let's go to Genesis chapter 22. Abraham has um, heard God's voice. And God tells him to take his son, his only son, 
up to Moriah and sacrifice him. Abraham is used to hearing God's voice. God communicates. He's a communicator. So Abraham obeys. And in verse 7, Isaac spoke to his father and says, Father, here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. The two of them continued to go up the mountain. Verse 9, it says, When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar and there placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham was used to hearing God's voice. And he stopped and he said, here I am. He says, don't lay, lay your hand on the lad. He says, now I know that you fear God and you've not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. We see in this that God is a provider. He provides things for us. You know, it's like the offering call this morning about how they decided to put God first. And he provided. He provided for their needs. <clears throat> so God is a provider. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse 10. Of, and it says, Come now therefore and bring my people. Wait a Come now therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this will be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? And you shall say to them, and what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. 
And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. What is God doing here? What's he promising Moses? To be with him. And what else is the promise? He's promising success. Success to do what? And what's that job? He's delivering them. Look at how he does this. He says, I will be with you. Again, he's not a passive blesser. He says, I'm there with you. You will be successful. I will bless you. But you need to do a job for me. And that is to bring them out of bondage. I want you to be the instrument to deliver the children of Israel from bondage. God is a deliverer. Jesus is the one that delivers us from bondage. How about we go to Joshua, the 14th chapter? <clears throat> this is one of my favorite chapters in Scripture. I just love this. It's about Caleb. Caleb and Joshua had been sent in to spy out the land. And when they came back, all the others that went to spy with them said, Nope, that land's too tough for us to go into. And Caleb and Joshua receive a blessing because they, they followed God. And even though the rest of them didn't go into, um, of that generation, go into the promised land, Caleb and Joshua get to go in. So if we start in verse 6, it says, And the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke the word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then. So now is my strength for war, both for going out and coming in. Now therefore give me this mountain, of which the Lord spoke in that day. 
For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will, will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron, Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, on this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron, Hebron formerly was Kerjeth Araba. Araba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. You know, this, that little part of the chapter tells about somebody waiting 45 years to receive a promise. And at the very end of it, it says, and the land had rest from war. Why did the land have rest from war? Because he was able to drive them all out. And you notice the area that he took was the area of the giants, the ones that everyone else was scared of. And not only was he went to the land of the giants, he went to the very place where the biggest giant was. He waited 45 years for that promise. God had told him that the place where your feet had walked would be your inheritance. And after 45 years, he received that promise. The Lord is faithful of his promises. He's a God of promise. And not only just promises, he fulfills those promises. He is faithful. He is to be trusted on his word. Let's go to Psalms 23. <clears throat> you know, David is bragging about his shepherd. And David's the sheep here. He says, look who my shepherd is. The Lord is my shepherd, and because he is my shepherd, I don't have any wants. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. In order for a sheep to lie down, he needs to be comfortable, not afraid. You know, sheep are prey animals. Uh, they're prey animals, not predator animals. And so a lot of things want to eat them. And so in order for them to feel comfortable, they have to be in a really safe environment. They have to be watched over. And it says that he makes me to lie down in green pastures. It means that he is secure. He leads me beside still waters. Sheep won't necessarily drink out of running water. A shepherd would dam the, the running water up 
for the sheep to drink. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't leave him there. He walks him through. He says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy. He says, even when my enemies are around, I'll eat. A sheep won't eat if, his, if its enemies are there. He has to feel secure. You anoint my head with oil. Shepherd would take and deal with the parasites by putting oil on the head of the sheep. He says, you're taking care of me. I don't have these problems. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This Psalms tells about Jesus being our leader and our protector, the one that takes care of us. That even when our enemies are around, we don't have to fear because he's there as our protector. And he will lead us through the areas that we would normally be scared of. But we'll feel secure because he's there with us. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9. Verses 6 and 7. Telling of Christ's birth. <clears throat> For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It's talking about him being a ruler forever. An eternal ruler. Let's go to John. We'll go into the New Testament now. We're going to go to John chapter 1. We're going to read 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was, that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Here John's telling us that the Word was the creator. He's the creator God. 
And in verses 14 through 18, it says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Of his fullness, we have all received the grace for grace. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So it goes on to say who the Word is. The Word is Jesus. The, begotten, the only begotten of the Father. And in verse 29 of that same chapter. <clears throat> John. John the Baptist sees him and says. Sees Jesus coming to, toward him. And he said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You know. We see in this first chapter of John that Jesus is eternal. He's the God that becomes man and that he's the lamb, the sacrifice. We turn back to Matthew chapter 3. Starting with verse 13. John is going to baptize Jesus. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent this, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he was baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. God himself says that this is my beloved Son. The Father declares him as the Son. If we go back to John chapter 4. Verses 24 and 20, I mean 25 and 26. <clears throat> He's talking to the woman at the, at the well. And the woman says to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Well, he had just told her all sorts of things. So basically, she's asking, are you the Christ? And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Jesus declares that he is the Christ. Now let's go to Revelation. 
Revelation 19. Starting with verse 11, it says, Now I saw the heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on, sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of God. So who is this? Jesus, because we've already been we've already read who the word of God is. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That he is the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Let's turn back to Matthew 16. Where we started. But we're going to go back just a little bit. We're going to go back to verse 13 of Matthew 16. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I that I, the Son of Man, am. And they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So, you know, that question, I believe God is still asking us today. Who do you say that I am? I mean, we just read from Moses, from, from Joshua to Isaiah to David, John, Matthew. Who Jesus is. You know, and we can quote these things all day. But the question is, is Jesus is asking us is, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? I think that's a much bigger picture than just quoting all of these things. Can I say in my life <clears throat> that, Jesus, you are my creator? You are the one who blesses me. 
You are my deliverer. You are my leader and my protector. You are my ruler. Not only are you eternal, you've promised me eternal life through you. You are the Lamb of God. You are my sacrifice. You sacrifice yourself to save me. You are the only begotten Son of God. And I believe that. You are my Christ. You are the one that conquered things for me. You are my King and you are my Lord. This is the question I think all of us need to answer. Is he really that personal to us? I leave you with this one question. Who do you say that Jesus is? Amen. Our closing song is 618. No, excuse me. I'm looking at the wrong one. It's 204.
now bow our heads for the benediction. Glory be to him who can keep you from falling and bring you safe to his glorious presence, innocent and happy. To God, the only God, who saves through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, authority, and power, which he had before time began, now and forever. Amen.